Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. Hi there, and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine, brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. Dr. Mixon in the studio. Dr. Samira Umat is off this weekend, but I think she'll be back after Memorial she Day. She will be back. She will. Oh, yes. And I'll be gone Memorial Day and uh, the following week for vacation. So Mark Holland is That's here. I'm doing lots of training That's today. right. Our producer, who's behind the scenes, will Normally. be in front of the microphone uh, for the next uh, week or so. Uh, after Memorial Day. So there you go. That's my cue, Lynn. This is brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic, of course, Leading Edge Medicine. Dr. Mixon, just I'm finding out so many, learning so many things from you just in the little bit that I've been training with Lynette. Uh, I need to get those phone numbers out, though. 800-465-8770. 800-465-8770, the number to call with your question for Dr. Mixon today. And we have uh, we have John has been waiting a while. John in Tacoma, what is your question for Dr. Mixon? Hello, John. Hello. So uh, my question is that, you know, I've been dealing with uh, jock itch for six months. And I found that uh, botrimazole worked really good, but I had a prostate uh, treatment thing that punctured some holes. Uh-huh. And I think the the stuff got inside. So Oops. I've been taking fluconazole All right. for six weeks, and it doesn't seem to work. Yeah, yeah. it's a and different I'm th- fungus. I'm wondering... Right, and, and and I told my doctor, I said, can can we test whatever you want to put inside me with ever with, with on the outside to make sure that it works? And no, 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 just take this. This is what you got to do. So All I'm right. wondering how to get a, an identification test to figure well, out the- what the thing really is. Yeah, and and it's not hard. Uh, all your doctor has to do is. Uh, see you it's not something you can do on the phone he has to actually see you he has to take a scraping uh, and uh, send that scraping to the laboratory they will grow the fungus in the laboratory and try eight or ten different antifungal agents against it and see which one works best and then give you that one I mean, this is this is not rocket science this is uh, 1950s medicine you know <laughs> so um, sometimes we, we get so caught up in, in rushing for the latest technology that we miss the simple stuff. Uh, but, but that's all it takes. Uh, you know, this has been around for six months. You can wait another week or two to, 
to, to identify and test it. And, you know, they grow it, they grow it on an auger plate and then they put these little tabs of kind of a, of, of a blotting paper that each of which have been soaked in a different antifungal agent. And wherever that, uh, that blotting paper basically releases the drug and prevents the fungus from growing near it. And if you look and see the widest area in which there is no fungus, you say, aha, that's the most effective drug. And that's the one he writes a prescription for. Fluconazole is a, you know, it's, it's nice drug for yeast, but it's not so good for a lot of the other fungi. So, you know, women that have a, a vaginal yeast infection uh, or overweight women that get the, the yeast growing between the skin folds on their belly, it works pretty darn good for those. But the jock itch is frequently a, a, diff- a different fungus instead of a simple yeast. So he needs to test it. So is there a, is there a specific name for the, for the scrape test? Uh, basically, he needs to call. It's a culture. Okay, he's looking for a culture and sensitivity of the fungus. Okay, and so I'll do that. And and just a quick piece of information: uh, a whole lot of people, including me, got married and had kids in the 1980s. Yep. And I, one thing I noticed was there was very little uh, breastfeeding during that time. Mm-hmm. And but the other thing is is that a whole lot of the families had males that were like over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was out of character for you know my size and the others' size. And I was just always curious as why why are they getting so tall? Because there are a lot of growth hormones that are <laughs> fed to the cattle to make them produce more milk. It makes ah. <laughs> and so that comes off in the, in the dairy products. Um, and the formulas that they were using instead of the breast milk? Yes. Wow. Okay. And so, yeah, these are milk-based formulas, most of them. I okay. mean, there are some Back so- then, yeah. There are some soy-based and some corn-based and so on, but, but most are milk-based. Mm-hmm. Back then, there are not a lot of dairy allergies. Well, right? in the 1970s, 80s and 70s. 70s and 80s, uh, it was very popular to load those cattle up with lots and lots mm-hmm. of growth hormone. Uh, bovine growth hormone because it made them produce and uh, you know they don't do that now so you know the the latest generation is not getting uh, big growth hormone supplements in their milk that's the good news okay but even then okay uh, my my wife will only allow our daughter because I have an 11 year old at home to drink organic milk Mm, okay whose cattle have not been dosed Mm. so answer your question Okay. thanks for the info you're welcome, sir. Take care. Okay, thank you for that call. That opens up a line for you. Call now with your question for Dr. Mixon, 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. We'll move on to Ann in Sammamish. She has a question for Dr. Mixon. Hi, Ann. Hi. Well, I what I would like to ask you about is what should I expect my a primary care physician to do for me when I go to um, see her. Um, uh, This is a new doctor because the uh, previous one decamped to a different system, and I haven't uh, had a physical from this new person yet. And I just thought, you must have some some categories of of areas that I should be considering that a a good uh, primary care physician's exam should do. 
should expect. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I was a I was a country doctor, primary care physician for the first twenty some years of my practice. <laughs> Something I've done thousands of times. Um, you know, it's people don't realize that most of the doctor's really important observations take place when you walk in the room. Um, we, we're looking at what is your skin color. Are your lips dusky? Are they pink? Is your skin nice and pink? Are you, you know, are you standing up straight? Are, are you leaning forward? Have you got this, you know, the starting of the dowager's hump because your vertebrae are breaking down? Is your stride, you know, strong and confident and, and you know exactly where your feet are without having to look? Or are you, you shuffling and, you know, is, or is there a tremor on your hands when you reach out for the chair to sit down? An awful lot of what you really need to know about this person is either in that form they filled out where they told you what life has done to them thus far or your simple observations in the first five or ten seconds as they as they come in the room and sit, which is why I, I didn't like them to load the rooms before I got there. I wanted to see the patient walk and come and sit down. Because that told me an enormous amount about their health <laughs> right there. Um, but, you know, assuming that they're following the, the standard assembly line of trying to load up five rooms in advance for the doctor to go to place to place to place, <laughs> the, the doctor's only chance to see you move is going to be when you get up out of that first chair and get on the exam table. Mm. And that's better than nothing, but it's not as good as the, the full observation of seeing the patient come in the room. Uh, and and shake your hand and feel what they are. Of course, now the doctors don't want to touch you anymore because they're all wearing gloves. They're terrified of actual skin-to-skin contact. Uh, keep saying, you know, that's why God invented hand-washing stations. You know, you shake the patient's hand. You wash your hand after they leave the room because you don't want them to think you thought they were dirty. Yeah, that's right. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, for this putting on gloves before you touch a patient just offends the hell out of me mm. because you can't feel the texture of their skin. Are, is their hand warm? Is it cold? Are they, you know, do they have a good grip? Are, is there a tremor you can, there's a lot that goes on just from greeting and seeing a patient. Um, then much of the rest of the exam is an inventory. You know, eyes two, nose one, mouth present. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're you're looking for obvious stuff on the exam. You know, do they have decent vision? Can they see what's going on? Do they hear you when you're talking or you're getting, huh, what, huh, can you speak louder, doc? You know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you're listening for heart murmurs. You're listening for clear lungs or rouse or rasps or anything in those lungs that shouldn't be there. The belly, you're mostly looking to see, though, the shape of the belly. Is it round and protuberant and flabby, or is it scaphoid and lean? Is it firm? Is it soft? When you press on the belly, do they have any discomfort anywhere? Are you causing them pain? Because if so, why? Now you need to start exploring. Um, you know, you're looking at their extremities and their joints. You want them to move well. You're doing their, their basic reflexes, but just because you were taught to do it in medical school, but you're not learning a whole lot from their reflexes 99% of the time. 
But you do want to see their feet. You want to see what kind of their peripheral uh, circulation is like. Are their feet still nice and warm and pink? Or are they getting a little dusky? Is the skin and their legs getting thin? Do they still grow hair on their legs? Or is the blood supply to that skin getting so bad that the hair won't grow anymore? Yeah. Um, I could probably spend an hour just telling you the things the doctor should be looking for when they're evaluating the health of a patient. And it's, it's art. It can't be done by a computer because it takes someone to actually look and feel and touch and palpate and evaluate as, as they're going. And maybe someday AI will, but they got to teach that thing to whole lot of perceptual stuff. that. Yes. Okay. I I am a patient of longevity. Have been for almost twenty years. I um I'm in really good shape for eighty eight, and good. I am wondering what you as what what longevity my longevity doctor wants back from this. Yeah. Rather mm. cursory exam. That I'm yes. I'll tell you the things that our doctor is looking for. Have you had your mammogram? Have you had your pap smear? Are your vaccinations up to date? And have they made any new diagnoses? And have they changed any of your drugs? Those are the five things that my doctors really want to know. Obviously, if, if you haven't had a mammogram or a pap smear, we want you to have one. Because, you know, we, we don't want you to get a breast or a cervical cancer. Um, and obviously, okay, if you started so a new medication, that that's important. I haven't had a pap smear for years. Yeah. Well, have because you had a history? At my age, I think it's irrelevant, isn't it? No, it isn't. Uh, if, if you die of a cervical cancer, you won't think it's irrelevant. All right. Cervic, <laughs> cervical cancers are curable. But you got to find them before you can cure them. And you can't find them unless you actually open up the vagina and take a smear of the cervix. Okay? Uh, oh. You use a little brush and you just stick it in the cervix and spin it and then slide that on a slide and you spray it and to fix the, the, the cells and send it off to the pathologist. And we can pick up cervical cancers in the making long before they occur. Hmm. Uh, my grandmother died of a cervical cancer. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, a totally unnecessary death because we've had pap smears for 100 years. But too many doctors, once you get old, they stop doing stuff because hmm. they figure That's you're going to die of something else anyway, so why bother? It takes time and it costs money. And the wow. modern the modern medical ethos is how little money can we spend and still stay out of court? Mm. And it, it just offends the hell out of me because, you know, I'm now 76. I'm moving into that age range in which they, they don't think I'm worth looking at. They don't think I'm worth testing. And I'm so glad I got my own lab in my own uh, Yeah. <laughs> so. so, doctor, if she did the uh, pap at age 88... Uh, and everything was clear and good, she may not have to do one for Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. But, you know, if you haven't had one in decades, for goodness sakes, go get one. Tell your doctor you want okay, a pap so, smear. Right, okay. That, that, that's the kind of information I really was looking for here. Is, okay. Um, because I didn't, because uh, my previous doctor told me, oh, you're too old, and it's, you're too dry, there isn't anything there. So... 
Well, I tell you what, yeah. if you're our patient and you're too dry and there's nothing there, your your con- your doctor in our clinic isn't doing their job. We want you moist, young lady. We want you moist. All right. Okay. You take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, thank Thanks. you, Anne. Hey, call with your questions. 800-465-8770. Leading Edge Medicine brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic with Dr. Jerry Mix. And need to take a quick break. We'll be back in moments. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. No matter your age, if you are looking to decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near, I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wife's, my son's, my friend's, and all my neighbor's, but he was just recently voted Best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted Best Doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or Advanced Cataract Surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425-450-2020. Just to let you guys know, um, I've listened to the show for, I, I think, decades, and I really appreciate this show. So thank you. I couldn't do that last week, huh? <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, Mark helping out Lynette uh, this mm-hmm. week and Dr. Mixon, and he's standing by to take your calls right now. Actually sitting this week. Sometimes you stand, I've noticed. I, yeah. usually, I, I usually stand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got his computer there with information for information us. Information for us. 800-465-8770. That is the number to call right now for your question for Dr. Mixon. 800-465-8770. We have some lines open for you. Uh, good time to mention that uh, there is the free health analysis appointment that you need to book right away. This uh, program is brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic, uh, begun by Dr. Mixon. Now, I just found out in the previous hour, I've been going since 1998 with 1998. this clinic. 1998, that's right. So a long time doing what he does. Helping people live longer. What, what's the what's the slogan again? Stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, sexier. Which okay. makes you happier. happier. <laughs> we want you to be happy. And Dr. may or Mix- may not may or may not make your spouse happy. On the other hand, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be jealous. <laughs> well, tell us what's involved with this uh, free health analysis appointment, Doctor Mixon. Well, we're going to do th- three things really. We're going to start by getting a history. We want to know what life has done to you up till today, because. You know, the the more issues and autoimmune problems you've had, the more problems you're likely to have in the future. Mm-hmm. Then we want to do two tests. We're going to do a in-body that's going to measure the amount of muscle and fat in each of your extremities and in your torso. Uh, and that's an issue even with people that are lean because with age, 
we start infiltrating our muscles with strands of fat and the muscle may look like it's still there, but it's getting weaker because part of the muscle is now fat. Um, and that visceral fat kicks out more than 80 different peptides, enzymes, cytokines, and hormones that impact how we age. They have a big impact on everything from cognitive decline and dementia to strokes to heart attacks to degenerative joint disease. Most people don't think that their hips and knees breaking down has anything to do with their belly, but it does. Wow. That visceral yeah. fat actually dramatically accelerates the rate at which your joints fall apart. Um, and then we will do another little blood test. This one is going to look at the the percentage of your red blood cells that have been damaged by sugar. And what folks don't realize there is you don't have to be a diabetic to have an impact. Uh, one of the most telling studies I ever saw on A1C is that normal A1C is between 4.4 and, quote, 6.5. At 6.5 and above, you become a diabetic. 5.7, you are called now pre-diabetic. Mm, okay. But a person at with an A1C of only 5.2 is losing 0 0.25, so two one-fourth of 1% 1 of brain volume every year. Okay, and that's where you want us to be, right? We'd like to keep 5. your brain. 5.2. Right. But by 5.7, you've doubled that. You're losing 0.5. So you've doubled the amount of brain volume that you lose every year. Uh, and, and that's pretty terrifying because mm. even at the lower level, you're going to lose two and a half percent of your brain volume over a 10 year period. But at 5.7, you're losing 5% of your brain volume over a 10 year period. Wow. And you're still talking just pre diabetic yes. numbers. And in diabetics, it goes up and up and up. And as the A1C rises, so when doctors tell my diabetics, well, you know, you're 7.5, you're fine. I'm saying, no, you're not. Because at 7.5, your risk of dementia is three times that of someone at 5.2. Uh, you know, the brain don't work, the rest don't matter. <laughs> yes. So, you know, so if we see significant risks, then we're going to offer you a full panel that'll do a 70-some page printout that's going to look at things your primary care doctor has never looked at in their life. And we're going to be able to sit down with you, have your doc, have the LMC doctors spend a full hour going over your labs, and they'll be able to tell you exactly what it is we think needs to be done to help you be stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, and sexier next year than this year. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal. So if you want to go downhill, if you like getting slow, weak, fat, dumb, and sexless as the time goes by, fine, go with it. You know, it's your life. Live it as you choose. But if slow, weak, fat, dumb, and sexless is not the future that you envision for yourself. Let us help you. Let us make you stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, and sexier. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go either way. That's it's up right. To you. Those senior moments that, you know, kind of, oh, ho, ho, I forgot about this or yeah. that. Why those, did I come in the room? That's a serious thing. <laughs> and you don't want to have that, especially for what we do. You, you need your words yes. and yes. your memory. 
Yes, you do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, hey, this sounds like uh, the appointment you want to sign up for, a free, free health analysis appointment. If you'd like to sign up for this and find out more about what Longevity Medical Clinic can do for you, call right now and book that appointment. 1-866-86-YOUNG. That's 1-866-86-YOUNG. You can also book an appointment online at lmclinic.com. And there are clinics near you. There's one in Kirkland, Tacoma, and Linwood. Longevity Medical Clinic. I need to book an appointment here pretty soon. Yes, yes, get it. You know, uh, Mark, I I will say, when I came in, I thought this was my problem. I thought this was my problem. When they actually did that panel on me, it's like, no, those numbers are good. And there were other things. It's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know this or this or this. And they're they're working with me very slowly because I had no hormones. And now my body, a year later, is actually making its own, which is a good thing, and I can definitely tell. No more naps needed in the middle of the day because I'm dragging when I, I get home. I am a napper, home. so maybe yes. that's a sign of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it, there's something for, you know, I love a power nap. That's a good thing for me. Like 30 minutes is great. But when I'm just dragging and I'm like, oh, I just, ugh, I know. It's like, okay, uh, did I take this? Did I forget this? Yeah, I can de- definitely tell. You get so much good information. And you have a doctor that you can ask about all those, a whole hour. I don't even think I've seen my doctor for a whole hour. I, I know I haven't. My my primary care. I'm five, seven minutes maybe. Yeah. So yeah, get in. You're going to get so much good information, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna finally know what does what. Again, to, that number to, to call for the appointment with Longevity Medical Clinic is eight six six eighty six young. You can also book it online at lmclinic.com. Back to your phone calls. That number to call is eight hundred four six five eighty seven seventy. If you have a question for Doctor Mixon about anything. I'm finding out he knows a lot. Oh, boy, yes. 800-465-8770. And we have uh, Alan in Burien with a question for Dr. Mixon. Hi, Alan. Hello, Alan. Hello. Hello. Um, my question is about the frequency of, uh, well, of continued um, colonoscopies as you get older. I'm 71. Mm-hmm. I'm an MS patient. And okay. I've got a bunch of other health problems. I've, mm-hmm. My doctor tells me I've, I've had a stroke because of my condition of MS, and mm-hmm. I've changed medication, so, and I'm doing better now, which right. I didn't know that was possible. But anyway, my question's about the last time I t- talked to my GP, he was asked, well, I was asking about, uh, well, first he asked me, well, when's the last time you had a colonoscopy? And I said, oh, it's been a couple of years now, and, I was thinking, you know, I've been having them a little earlier because every time they've done that, they've removed some lesions that were of some length. And I'm thinking, you know, if I wait any length of time, uh, you know, like beyond three years, that uh, possibly uh, they could grow, you know, yep. too long. Something could occur because of that. And I'm, then he told me, he says, well, you're about at the age that this might be the last one you get. Because he's saying that when you get over, well, 73 years old, I guess was the date he gave me, uh, that uh, they think it's too hard on you to, to have a colonoscopy. And I was just curious, what what are your thoughts on that? I think colon cancer is harder on you than a colonoscopy. Yeah. Frankly. Uh, I don't. I, I don't feel like dying a miserable death with you know colon cancer that spread to my liver and throughout my peritoneum. So, no, I, I, I'd still have the colonoscopy. 
Um, yeah, once more, this is that nihilistic approach towards elderly people. Mm. Just because we've lived a while, they figure we're not worth the effort. And I disagree. I'm worth it. Yes, you are. You know, <laughs> I turned 76 in August. And, uh, you know, so by your doctor's standard, I would not be worth a colonoscopy. Um, and for... for <laughs> For your in your situation, I would definitely do a colonoscopy because you're telling me that every time they do it, they end up removing lesions. Now, I'm presuming that these are adenomatous polyps that they're finding and removing, and it turns out, so. yeah, colon cancer begins in the adenomatous polyps. The vast majority of colon cancer, what you do is you grow a polyp. This is a little a little stalk that kind of grows up off the surface of the of the colon and goes out into the lumen. And as that thing grows, the mutations that trigger the cancer usually occur out at the tip, the very tip of that of that of that polyp. And the cancer starts there and it grows down the the polyp until it finally invades the wall of the colon. And once it's invaded the wall of the colon, then you have to have big hunk of your colon removed, and if it gets into the wall of the colon and spreads, the next step is, you know, invasive colon cancer, and the step after that is now you've got a stage four, stage three, stage four, where it's spreading remotely, and your chances of surviving dropped close to zero. Um, if you can do the colonoscopies often enough to find those polyps, before that cancer starts and get, remove the polyp, you'll never have the cancer. If you remove the polyps and a cancer has already started in the polyp way out at the tip, if it's not down to the base of the polyp, again, you've dodged the bullet. So in a person that we know forms polyps and we know the cancer forms in the polyps, why on earth would they stop doing uh colonoscopies on you when that's the best way to determine whether or not you're you're going to develop this colon cancer that just boggles my mind you know i've never had an adenomous polyp i mean when they've done mine i've always been clean so i've said fine i could probably afford to wait a little longer than you but with with your history i i'd raise hell don't let them get away with it the only problem I've had is uh, at the very time that I, a couple of years ago when I had one, I, they didn't find the well, I wasn't taking the, the, the best high blood pressure medicine. And when I went in, I guess I had the white coat syndrome and my Any blood pressure, pressure was like Aww. way up there. So okay. I had to wait uh, before they um, could give me the colonoscopy you know they wanted to see my blood yeah. pressure down but now everything's pretty stable i've i've okay. been able to bring that down so that's the only complication i can think of that uh, i would ever be facing with something sit, like this which i don't believe tight. i have that problem right now okay sit tight hear the music so, it means uh, i've got to i've got to take a break because we're at the bottom of the hour sure but but well, you don't you, go Doc. anywhere no don't go anywhere i'm going to get back to you as soon as All this right. breaks over okay Okay, just hang in there just a moment or so, and that opens up a line for you, though. 800-465-8770. 800-465-8770. Your questions for Dr. Jerry Mixon. This is the Leading Edge Medicine Program brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. We'll be back in just a few moments. 
Leading Edge Medicine. Join in the conversation at 1-800-465-8770 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control, excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. I was going to make the comment on your radio shows. I listen to all four hours every Saturday. I think a good subtitle for your show would be uh, Laugh-In. Uh, I just laugh like crazy uh, with you guys and all the comments you make and really enjoy them. All right, well, we are back with Leading Edge Medicine and Dr. Jerry Mixon taking your calls right now at 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. We kept Alan on through the break there and uh, got yeah. a really interesting uh, discussion about colonoscopies. Yeah. Well, and Alan, here's what I'd like to, I'd like to suggest to you. Tell your sure. doctor that um, you want to have the colon stool test to start with. Okay. Now there, yeah. there, there is a test that we can do that it, they, they give you a little packet and some big Q-tips. You just wipe it on some poop. So when you use the toilet and you just reach in and you wipe this Q-tip and you stick it in a little envelope and it gets mailed off to a company that will look for genetic markers that are consistent with developing cancers. And it's not perfect, but it's about 97, 98% hmm. accurate at picking up cancers. Now, that's the good news. Now, here's well, the procedure you're talking about. I've, I've, I've did that about 10 years or more ago that I don't know yeah. what my problem was. I've had a lot of health issues, but I'm familiar with that test. Okay. Well, you do that every year. You can, you can do this each year okay. and screen to see if you're, if you're getting any genome coming out of that poop that is, um, is worrisome for a colon cancer. Now, here's, I'm, I'm gonna, I just told you to do it, and I'm gonna tell you the problem with it, okay? <laughs> and that is, okay. It's good at picking up cancers, but because as we get old, our colons are not as healthy as they used to be, and we're getting all kinds of mutations anyway. So over about 72, 73 years old, 
that that test will pick up, give us what we call false positives. You'll get a, t- a result back that says, oops, we think this guy might have a cancer. Okay, that's better than missing a cancer. If, if, if they think you got one, what they'll do next is then they say, do a colonoscopy. Go in and look and see what's in there. Okay. So, okay. so it, it doesn't miss cancers as you, as you get older. Okay. It's still very good at picking up cancers. The problem with it is in older people is it sometimes tags for a cancer when there isn't one. But the only downside of that is you have to then have a colonoscopy to double check the, the test. Mm. Okay. So, so, you know, but I don't like having colonoscopies. They're miserable. So I do the stool test. And then if it's ever positive, I'll go get the colonoscopy. That, that okay. then tells your doctor he doesn't have to worry about the risks. You're not doing a colonoscopy. You're just doing a genetic test on your stool. No big problem there, right? Then if it That's comes right. back and worse, it's called a stool test. It, yes, it's a it's the the first company that came out was called Cologuard, C O L O G U A R D, Cologuard. Okay. Okay, and so but there's now a dozen different brands out there. Cologuard was the first, and now there's a lot of new competitors. So you tell him you want the stool test for colon cancer. And as long as it's negative, you're probably okay. You're about 97% chance you don't have a colon cancer if it says you don't. But if it ever says you do, yeah. then you have to go get the colonoscopy. Okay. All right. Yeah, my I could be calling you. Uh, I could be on the program probably for an, over an hour. All the different. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've even got pros, I've got prostate cancer, so. <laughs> And it's, well, it's my PSA results are very low right now. So good. I had that one biopsy, and uh-huh. one out of the the, the uh, twelve, I guess, was uh, considered um, malignant. Right. So they've been watching it pretty close. And I got another question: How uh, some of these values you've, I've been hearing that uh, from the uh, co- uh, PSA test, I Mine, the lowest I've ever had is, uh, I believe it's not much above five. Okay. I've been hearing a lot lower numbers. I, I've never yes. had those low numbers before. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if your prostate cancer has been treated successfully, it should be less than one. Okay. So if you're still running up around five, oh. it, tells, it tells me you've still got a problem. So, but tell you well, what, we, we've yeah, got... I, my uh, urologist doesn't care to... Uh, pursue it uh, other than just to, to watch it. Yeah. Well, you know, if it gets up higher, he'll do something else, I guess. Do you know what your Gleason score was? Oh, no. I, I'm not familiar okay. with that. All right. Uh, that yeah, okay. Gleason score is a score that the urologist gives the cancer. It tells you how big the tumor was, where it was, does it get out, does it go outside of the capsule, and so on. Um, the Gleason score goes anywhere from 6 to 10. A, a 6 is the lowest cancer that, that that is actually a malignancy. 10 is a very, very nasty cancer that people are probably going to die from. Um, if you have a Gleason 6 or 7, 
there's a 93% chance that they can just sit and watch that tumor and it will not kill you in the next 15 years. So the fact that they're not doing anything with it, with a PSA over five, tells me they probably are thinking you've got a, a, a very low Gleason score, which puts you at low risk of dying from the tumor. But yeah. on the other hand, you've got MS, and they, I'm, that always worries me because people say, well, he's got MS anyway, why bother being aggressive? That offends the hell out of me. So I don't know what your doctor is thinking. Obviously, I haven't talked to your doctor. But I can think of two yeah. possibilities. You've either got a low Gleason score, so you're low risk of dying, and so they're just going to watch it, or you've got cancer and MS, and so they're saying, well, why are we going to bother spending the money? And I don't know which answer it is, but I hope it's the first one. Well, I ask so many questions. When I usually come out of the doctor's office, they keep telling me, well, we spend more time with you than we have the rest of our patients because I'm still asking questions. But uh, (laughs) what I've got to do is I don't have, um, what do you call it, a portal that I've been using. I've just been calling in and talking to a nurse, and then they relayed the messages. And maybe that's a big problem. I should really... You might want to... You might want to go to yeah. Might want to go to somebody that has a portal. Yeah, we're changing our electronic record system so that we all of our patients will have portals and will be able to see their lab work from home. But uh, we hopefully have that will up and running in September. Anyway, thank yeah. you, sir, for your call mm-hmm. and good okay. luck. And well, thank don't, you very much. Don't let people tell you you're too old to be to get care. Damn it, you're. You lived a long time. That just says you're well seasoned and you want the care you deserve. Okay. There you go. Well, thank you so much. Uh Bye bye. Oh, Alan. Yes. Thank you for that call. Um, And there is room for you for uh, probably a couple more phone calls on this show today. But, Doctor, about two or three weeks ago, you had mentioned since we're talking about the colonoscopies. It used to be 50 that they would start doing them. Yes. And now it's different. It's changed. It is. Yeah, we're seeing colon cancer in younger and younger people. You know, it's just like we're seeing strokes in younger and younger people. We're seeing heart attacks in young people. We're seeing cancers in younger people. And uh, the question is why? You know, and my personal guess, and I don't, I, I don't have a proof, but my guess is it's because our immune responses are just flabby because the people are overweight mm. and sedentary. Working muscle, the more muscle you've got, the more frequently and intensely that muscle works, the more robust your immune system is, the better chance you have of finding and killing cancers before they kill you. The fatter you are, the more sedentary you are, the worse your immune response is. Okay, 20 to 22% of all the cancer in America is caused simply by excess fat. Wow. That's it. Okay, and we could reduce the cancer incidence in this country by 22 percent if if we weren't a fat country. That's pretty mind-boggling. Is, is our country the fattest on the planet, or, or pretty close? We are the fattest large country in on the planet. Wow. There are some small Tonga. The island of Tonga is fatter than we are. Uh, the sumo wrestlers, is that what you're talking no, about? Like no, the no, no. larger? Sumo is Japanese. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. But no, uh, there are some South Pacific islands mm-hmm. that are very inbred populations that are very fat. 
Ah, okay. okay. Uh, so, but other than some of these very small island populations, yes, America is by far the fattest country in the world, and that's why our medical care costs are so high. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so much the charges; it's the amount of disease that we develop that we have to treat. Wow. Okay. Well, that opens up a line for you, and we would love to take your call right now. We'll get to Roger here in just a moment, but we need to take a quick break. Call right now with your question for Dr. Mixon, 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. This is Leading Edge Medicine, brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. Dr. Mixon will take your call here in just a moment as we take this quick break. If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258. If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month, I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience, Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000 or DanielNelsonMD.com. My wife was the one who listened. She goes, you got to listen to this guy. It makes a lot of sense. You know, he, he just made a lot of good common sense. You know, like you said, you don't measure, you don't know. I mean, physically, I'm stronger and faster than I was 10 years ago. Mark, you sing. You're going to have fun with I'm this. Coming this back. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, Mark helping out Lynette yeah. uh, this week because I'll be uh, going solo here in a couple of weeks. That's right. I'll be on vacation. I'll be and on then... vacation, so uh-huh. they're getting me ready for that and uh, be praying for me. Leading Edge Medicine <laughs> is the program you're listening to. It's brought to you by, of course, Longevity Medical Clinic and taking your calls right now, 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. And we are going to Roger in Marysville with a question about statin drugs for Dr. Mixon. Hi, Roger. Hello, Roger. Good morning, Dr. Mixon. I had a general question on the statin, 40 milligrams. Uh-huh. I've been taking this since I was 55. I'm 76. I'm your age now. Should And I quit taking uh, the statin about two weeks ago. Should I not have stopped or should I just continue on with it? Will it hurt me or will I have any problems if I get off it like I have? Well, I guess the question is why were you on the statin? Oh, my doctor put me on it when I was 55. It was 230 or 40. 
My, well, my okay, reading. So your, your total cholesterol was 230 or 240. Um, that's a good reason to have been put on a statin. <laughs> um, so now you're off it. What is your cholesterol running now? It's running uh, February, this last February. It was 145. That was so very it's nice. doing its thing. Yeah, yeah, it's doing what it's supposed to do. So should I stay on it, doctor? Should I just stay off it or should I go back on it? I wasn't well, sure. Okay, well, and let's stop and talk about it for a minute here, okay? Uh, okay? Whether you need to go back on it or stay off it is depends on a whole lot of stuff. Uh, for instance... Uh, have you leaned down? Have you lost weight since you've been on it? You know, are you are you chubbier? Or are you leaner? Actually, I gained about three or four pounds in a couple of weeks. Uh huh. Okay. I work out. I work out a lot, doctor. I do aerobics, and I work out five days a week. I'm about two hundred twenty okay. pounds. Pretty muscular. Okay. I'll tell you what I would do if if you were. A, I'm, I'm going to presume you're not a patient at our clinic. Is that right? I was in your clinic about eight years ago. Okay. I went through the the blood test and all that. So, uh, well, you probably if you, if you want to do the best you can do, I'd suggest you come back and become a patient. Okay, but if you were our patient, here's where we would approach this. We do not just your basic cholesterol panel, we'd probably do a, a, a Boston panel on you in which we look at uh, the LDL and this HDL, but we subfractionate them each into three subfractions and see, we know a lot more now about which types of cholesterol put you at risk and which don't. Uh, you know, uh-huh. back, back uh, 30 years ago, cholesterol was just cholesterol. Now we can mm-hmm. subfraction the cholesterol. We can tell you the particle sizes and how many of each particle you've got and give you a much more precise evaluation of what your risks are. If your risks are low, we might just keep you off it and we might use other things. For instance, most people don't realize testosterone supplementation lowers the risk of heart attacks more than statins do. Uh, PDE5 inhibitors, the so-called ED drugs, lower the risk of heart attacks better than statins do. And so, you know, we might do other things to make you more vigorous and stronger and healthier and happier and still lower your risk of a heart attack better than the statin did. But by checking now the more modern evaluations of your, your cholesterol types, we can also decide, you know, do you still need that that lipid-lowering uh, agent or not? Maybe you're going to do fine without it, but I don't know without testing. I see. Well, your program's helpful, Dr. I, I try to listen to it before I work out every Saturday. It's oh, an good. awesome uh, program you have here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. And, you know, come on back and let us make you stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, and sexier. Your wife... Or all six girlfriends will appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> okay. Take, take care, sir. Thanks, Roger. Bye, Bye there, Roger. Hey, we'll move on to Steve in Bellevue. And another question about statins. Steve, what's your uh, question specifically for Dr. Mixon? So, a few weeks ago, I was listening to you, Dr. Mixon, and you were talking about. Um, people that take a statin, you know, do better if they do testosterone therapy. And there was a third drug that you mentioned where they do even better. 
I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm 58, 58 years old. Uh-huh. I've had uh, bypass surgery. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Oh, sorry. Um, I had bypass surgery when I was 54. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I got put on a statin and I take blood thinners. Good. And, uh, you know, and I also do testosterone therapy. I've been doing Good. that for about five years. Okay. But there was a third medicine that you mentioned. Yeah, and Tadalafil. I you could... Yeah, Tadalafil. What is it? Tadalafil. T-A-D-A-L-A-F-I-L. Tadalafil. Uh, it's a, it, yeah, it, it's an ED drug. Uh, it's used, it was originally designed to improve erectile function. But it turns out oh, okay. that, that it dilates the blood vessels in your heart. It lowers your risk oh, of heart okay. attacks. In fact, the, the fascinating study that we were looking at, uh, that we were talking about, was there was a study in diabetics, diabetic men, uh, and they were looking at the risk of heart attacks and, and death from cardiac disease, not just the heart attack, but actually dying. And they found that in diabetic men by age 50, if they were on nothing, 30% of them had died. If they were on a statin, it was like 26% or 25% of them had died. But if they were on testosterone and a statin, that dropped down to about 10%. And if they were on uh, statin, testosterone, and a PDE5 inhibitor like Tadalafil, it was 2% had died. And so... Wow. Yeah, so a very dramatic uh, risk. Now, these were diabetics because diabetics have a very high risk of dying of cardiovascular disease. And so they, they yep. picked them because they knew they were high risk. But even in that high-risk population, you drop their risk of dying from 30% to 2%. Hmm. Just wow, with those great. three drugs. So Tadalafil, that's right. So, so he should maybe okay. ask his doctor for that. Of course, he should ask his doctor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, asking yeah, his grocery, ask asking his grocer or his shoe salesman is not going to help. That's not going <laughs> to help. He needs to ask his doctor. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Thank you. Take care, sir. Bye bye. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Uh, moving on to John in Vancouver, and he wants to know how to strengthen the prostate. Hi, John. Uh, what's your specific Hi. question for Doctor Mixon? Good morning. Thank you for your service, doctor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Is, is there anything I, I've tried to resume? I did the resume. I uh-huh. even had a euro left. Everything to try to help me with urination. Uh, big prostate. Is yep. there anything? Got a silver bullet to do that one yet? Nope. I don't have a silver bullet. I mean, there, there are several different ways to treat prostatic enlargement. And uh, if you had the resume, you've had the least invasive one already, and that apparently has not done the job for you, or you wouldn't be calling. Correct. Um, did you talk to your doctor about repeating the resume and killing more of the, t- of the prostate tissue? No. Okay. Chat with him about it. See if, if he thinks you might be a candidate to get a second resume procedure. You know, each time when they do that resume, they're killing a very small piece of the prostate right around the urethra. But they may just not have killed enough. And so, it, you know, it, it may be that going back and doing it again and being a little more aggressive about it might solve your problem. You can kill a great big piece of the prostate with a... a um, uh, 
arterial prostatic embolization where they basically thread a catheter up your arm or from your groin more likely and thread this catheter through the artery right into the blood supply of the of the prostate and they can inject a little foamy micro beads in there that'll plug up all the small blood vessels and so that the, the a lot of the prostate is starved for blood supply and dies and shrivels up and goes away uh, that works very well but it's not done very often because it's not done by urologists who treat most of the prostates it's done by uh, procedural radiologists and it's one of those procedures that it takes a little bit of art it takes somebody that's had some practice so finding a a, a uh, invasive radiologist who has done several uh, is a little difficult uh, I know of one in the Seattle area that has probably done more than anybody else but I he's the only one I know about there may be half a dozen others, but there is a Dr. Johnson over at the University of Washington that's a, a uh, procedural radiologist that I, I'm aware of several people he has done that way. And then, of course, there's the old-fashioned TERP, where they just go in with a cutting loop and shell out the prostate from inside, but that always destroys the external valves from the bladder. And I can guarantee that you will have urinary incontinence for some period of time. Maybe only a month or two or three, but sometimes even permanent, though vast majority of people recover their control within the year. But, you know, that one is, is my least favorite method. It, it's been around since the 1950s. It's reliable. Lots of urologists like to do it because it is reliable. But... You know, it's, it's got downside with leaky urine, and most guys don't want to wear an adult diaper for the next six months while they get their control back. What so. is the um, radiologist procedure called? It's a prostatic arterial embolization. Okay. Okay? okay. You can look that up and read about it. Okay, take care, sir. We we got to go. We're out Thank of time. You, All right, bye-bye. All right, okay, okay bye. thank you, and that'll wrap it for uh, this mm-hmm. edition of Leading Edge Medicine. It's brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic, and again, we want you to sign up for that free health analysis appointment, and it includes two free tests, a blood test, and quickly, doctor, what's the in-body test? Well, the in-body test is going to look at the muscle versus fat in all four extremities and in your torso. And it's going to give you a really nice reading for where we need to go as far as your body fat and muscle goes. Okay, call for that appointment at 866-86-YOUNG, 866-86-YOUNG, or more details and schedule your appointment at lmclinic.com. Mark Holland helping out Lynette this week. Oh, yeah. I'll be solo after Memorial Day. (laughs) That's right. We have a wonderful show, kind of a best of happening next weekend for Memorial Day. And then I'll be on vacation. Mark will be here. But Dr. Jerry Mixon, always here for Leading Edge Medicine. Have a great rest of your weekend.